The Rage of Sigmar podcast is intended for mature audiences. When the moon is in the Nashville sky And Jacob turns his computer on And Joe powers up his as well And make sure to hit record This is season three of Rage of Sigmar Rage of Sigmar of Sigmar It's Rage of Sigmar Or Sigmar I would, I would really love someday for my balls to drop and then I'll sound like a grown, like bullfrog instead of an adolescent grumpy little I don't know, uh, blot toad or something. And we're back. Welcome back to the Rage of Sigmar podcast. My name, as always, is Jacob, and I am your associate guest uh, friend who's going to listen back to this just at the same time you are. And as always, we have our illustrious host, Joseph Mario, named for his father, Pagano. How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm I'm quite well. I'm quite well. It's uh it's late on a Saturday night, ten ten eighteen p.m. Eastern time. Uh, we just played a game on TTS, and um, you smoked me with Slanesh. So, Jacob Berry is the meta breaker. And um, speaking, speaking of, of meta breakers, <laughs> yeah, we have the most meta breaker of all time with us. Uh, our good friend Javon Noah Singh. Hey guys. Hey, hey, Noah. Uh, <laughs> I would, I really hate to um, oversell what you're about to bring to the table. So don't feel any pressure here. Because honestly, the only thing that bothers me more than spoilers for like TV shows or movies and stuff like that is when it gets overhyped to a degree that then no matter what the actual experience is, it can't be lived up to. And that happened to me with Guardians of the Galaxy, happened to me with. Um, Super bad. Oh that yeah, like there's bad. there's so many movies that Using are just, like, talks about just how great it was. Oh, still waiting on that one to like actually hit. Yeah, you know. Try. Uh, I can't forget that priest's name. You know? <laughs> <clears throat> uh, but I I want to say I'm really excited to have you on Noah because in my opinion you are the most interesting man in Warhammer. Uh, <laughs> I I will say with with no qualms that like if there was a chuck norris figure in the warhammer community i think it would be you like like i i, mean, I want to start the meme format of of joan noah sing uh ludicrous tales of warhammer and we're starting it right now so tell us i i heard that you played 14 games of warhammer against 14 different opponents at the same time in the same room so you're like bobby fisher like bobby fisher of warhammer uh-huh yeah. Yes. Were you playing the same army the whole time, or did you have different army lists? All, all the same game. Oh, all really? Exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so it was it was, it was versus uh, twenty eight thousand points. Yeah. No. <laughs> did you? Uh, no, I have I have played a shitload of uh, Warhammer this year, though. Like I, I looked the other day, and I was like, it was in. I was above six weeks that I had spent on um of the hours i'd spent on tts this year and i was like 
how many games is that? It's as if I played six straight weeks of Warhammer. That's fucking awesome. That's ridiculous. <laughs> you are, you are a lot. So a little bit of intro around Noah. Um, I guess, Joe, you, you met Noah through Rob because Noah went to, was it Blood and Glory in the UK? Uh, it was London Grand Tournament. I went really? To you went to Grand LGT Tournament. of all the tournaments? Yeah. Well, I was, I was going to be there anyway. So I, I had a vacation and I was like, you know what I'm going to do is carry around a bunch of Skaven on my vacation. And then the last two days, I'm going to go play in a tournament. Um, so I rolled up not knowing a single person and just went and talked to Rob. And he, uh, it was super fun. I had a great time at the tournament. Um, I did terribly. Um, and then he was like, you know who you should meet if you're from New York and kind of seeing who you are. There's this guy, Joe Pagano. And uh, so I was like, well, I'm going to have to go find this guy, Joe Pagano. So I found you on the internet. I said, hey, let's hang out. And we've been hanging out ever since on the internet because of the pandemic. But um, <laughs> you know, a, a cute thing about Rob, uh, I recently was talking to him on the phone and he told me he met a, a new girl, which is something that he tells me like every three weeks. <laughs> uh, but he's like, you know, the, the, the four people I tell everyone I meet, like every time I meet a girl, I talk about my friends. The four people I tell them about are, um, well, he said three at first, but the fourth got added afterwards. He said, <laughs> he said, um, I tell them about you and Jacob and Nathan, basically just that Adepticon, uh, that Adepticon hotel room when we had like the time of our lives recording that podcast. And, uh, and then he's like, and I, then I tell them about John. Scrivens? John, John Scrivens was an afterthought. <laughs> but, um, I just like to think that Rob goes around telling random people about his friends in the United States. <laughs> I know these two guys. I mean, that could have been basically what happened. He was like, "Oh, I know a guy in the U.S. Here, go." Are we his? Are we his hot Canadian girlfriends? We're his Canadian girlfriend. Between We're the two Canadian of us, we've got like a seat. Well, we used to have C cups between the two of us. Now, like, I'm carrying all this weight by myself. You skinny, uh, beautiful asshole. What are you down to now? Like two o four, two two o five. Yeah, yeah. two o five. Gonna keep it going, bro. Yeah, we're going all the way down. Make it three hundred, Clint. Down to yeah. birth weight. <laughs> down to birth weight. <laughs> That's a good point. Take my bones, Doc. Take my bones. You know that um, would be a really so, effective weight loss strategy. Just like amputate. So. So I want to talk. About, I want to talk about this sh- this show in particular because uh, every time we record a podcast, we never talk about Warhammer, and this is a very special episode because we're actually going to talk about hobby tunneling. Yeah, Rage of Digmar. This is Rage of Digmar. Um, uh, Noah, you have a tunnel below your home, right? I do. I have a tunnel directly below my home um, that you can get out in an unexpected location in the yard. And you're not going to tell us where that is, are you? Right. No, no. It, it, no. <laughs> it's in the yard. No, because when we it's get the, there, it's, yeah. it's, it's vital to the intro prank. <laughs> the intro prank. Um, <laughs> disappear- various disappearances that I get to do. I can't do this if you know where the tunnel goes. Uh, it's it's going to be just like Lord of the Rings. Did you? I know less than half of you, half as well as you deserve. And I like half of you, half whatever. 
No, it's going to just jump down a fucking hole in its floor and then pop out behind us and chloroform us as a prank. Chloroform. Which, you know, it's it's going to be like those ninja ninja animes where you shout the move you're using chloroform. (laughs) What's crazy about it is that, like, um, I once read an article chloroform doesn't work as fast as it does in the movie, it takes time. Like, you got to really hold that person for a while. (laughs) I read that on the internet. Don't know why I did, but I did. Fun facts about kidnapping. Just making your search history really troublesome. I actually think it's really good to have a troublesome search history because it makes you have to behave at all times. How do you figure? A certain level of guilt. Well, just like you know that no matter, like, if you're even associated with anything messed up happening... Like it's just gonna be easily pinned on you because you definitely looked up how to do it before. All right, and so you just you can never be associated with here's it. Here's a it's like a here's a fun little strategy. challenge. I want each of you to pull open a new tab and read me the top three things. If you if you start to type but don't type any letters, what are your first three search history things? And I'll go first. Mine are key and peel pizza because uh, that that pizza ordering sketch is timeless. <laughs> Oral Roberts basketball because they were a 15 seed who beat a two seed in NCAA and Adrian Sigmar FAQ because I'll never, I'll never ever <laughs> <laughs> bookmark that and I always need to do it. And then it's Games Workshop Curse City New Zealand because I wanted to read the War Scrolls. Ah, yeah. Mine. Okay, should I read mine or you want to do? You do yours no first. Or, yeah, mine's mine is not going to be really unexciting. Um. Minor FedEx tracking. Green bean casserole. (laughs) (laughs) And Friedrich Chill CP18G30. Friedrich Chill CP. What the hell is that, Joe? I'm trying to get a a replacement filter for my window unit. Uh... I got it. Vince Staples FM full album YouTube full album, uh, Skink Priest Star Priest conversion, and hobby tunneling because I googled it while you were talking about it a minute ago. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me more about this this tunnel. Did you dig this tunnel out, or was this a vestige from? It's an old. It's an old tunnel. It's it's the tunnel's definitely older than any. It's like. Probably all of us combined, the tunnel is older. It, it's an, there's like uh, ancient structures in Vermont. Um, this is not one of these. This is a less ancient structure. How ancient are we but talking? Like, like 1800s or like prehistoric? So so, so there's this cave um, over by my dad's house. It's like a, I think it's a root cellar, but it like aligns exactly with the um, the summer and winter solstice, like the, the sun goes in it's like it's it's like a built cave it's not like a a, like a naturally occurring one and they uh so every summer and winter solstice there's like a bunch of people who go there and like do rituals and stuff every year so it's like Um, manhattan henge but fewer floppy hats yeah and they're like well the ancient builder race built this um and then there's um so like it which is cool because my birthday is the like that's what we do on my birthday is it's the winter solstice it's also my dad's birthday so it's like our tradition is we go hang out with whoever the um like whoever's shown up to you know like light candles and like 
you know, greet the sky nude or whatever. Um, and then I don't know if he was messing with them or just wanted to, but my dad also like put up a bunch of standing stones all over the place and I put up a couple. So we, we've definitely contributed to the overall, but like there's this thing. And so there's people who like have like, there's like ancient aliens people like rolling around on this hill a couple times a year, like telling you about how, how the like ancient builder race are the only people who could have put it there. And so I don't think the tunnel under my house is that. I think it's just so you could move coal in and out. But I like to, you know, it's unclear. I have I have an entry to add to my search history, which is when is a winter solstice? <laughs> I figured it out. It's December 21st. Uh, all right. So you're just really heaping on evidence for my most interesting or like strangest eclectic storyteller in Warhammer. Um, so Noah, your your first name isn't Noah. It's Jiwon, right? Yeah, Jiwon or Jivon. Okay, but uh, uh, for all the Punjabi. listeners at home, Noah is... I mean, you're maybe olive complected at best. No, that, that's, the, that's the lighting in my room. I'm, I'm pasty grub-like. Okay, great. So how does how does a white guy, and I pronounce the H intentionally with you, uh, end up with, with such a Punjabi name? Uh, so I was raised as a Sikh. Um, and was... That's pretty Sikh, bro. <laughs> Did you guys, when you guys were like young and your parents had to come up with ways to entertain you guys around the house, did you guys play hide and go seek? <laughs> uh, well, the, Joe, to your, with your pun, um, the British pronounce it sick. Ah, uh, sick. Yeah. So they, they, they've not known before what the hell I was talking about when I was trying to explain myself. Because you get asked the question when you have a Punjabi name and you're a white guy a lot. Why are you white? Um, it, but particularly so in existential. That's so yeah, existential. I was like, I don't know, man. I've always been that way. Just gotta have. <laughs> the one day I woke up and I was like, this. I don't know what the fuck happened to me. Yeah. I I literally think it's like Freaky Friday. Friday. <laughs> <laughs> so you were raised. You're raised Sikh. Um, and you're is it because your your dad was a practicing Sikh? Yeah, yeah. My dad converted to Sikhism in the seventies, and uh, was living in India and. So all of my siblings um, have, other than one, all have uh, Sikh names. Can you can you just go ahead and throw those down for us? Right you want to just you rattle them Absolutely. out? So we've got. Yeah. Uh, uh, hang on. Also, can you include your birth date, uh, social security number, and address? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've got uh, <laughs> just up on the hill. I think it's my address right now. Um, <laughs> we've got. Uh, <laughs> it's just up on the hill. We. Uh, so my younger sister is Simran Hannah Carr Johnston. And, uh, then my older sister is Charn Kamokar. And then my oldest sister is Siri Sahej Waheguru Carr. And, uh, then my brother is named Tyler Reynolds. <laughs> it's a true story. <laughs> so... Your yep. father did he did your father? We're change? great flying together. I'm sure. Uh, does your did your father change his legal name to Singh as his his last name? Yeah, so, yeah. When he converted to Sikhism, he changed from uh, Labombard to Singh. Le, um, which is like, 
Le Bombard. Yeah, the canon. Never heard of it. Um, I, I'm not a historical guy. Bombard. Yeah, but uh, it's just French for the canon. The French, um, most of their last names weren't real last names. Um, so they were, one time the king had to like, um, like the 1800s had to uh, raise a bunch of money. So he sold everyone last names and made it illegal not to have one, but didn't put in who made them up. And so a lot of the time it was just really bored soldiers who were just like collecting money and being like, all right, your last name's like what's in front of you right then. And so a lot of French last names are all over the place. And then you also can tell who had beef with the soldiers because they'll have like, it's pronounced, kind of insulting family. It's pronounced biff, biff. Biff. I mean, that's that's where Shia, Shia's family got their name, right? It was just like a charcuterie yeah. board in front of them. Biff. Yeah, they had beef. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, a bunch of white Sikhs, a whole family of them up here on a hill in Vermont. Um, now, yeah, here's a question. A so, to that. As, as someone who, uh, I guess, like, found meaning in the religion and focused his life around it, I, I would say that your father's interest and like this is the first time we've had this conversation so i I hope it comes off really offensive it it sounds to me like your father was was not appropriating so much as like actually taking a real interest in the tenets of the religion and trying to live his life by those things now obviously if i decided to name my daughter uh hamilcar (laughs) or whatever you said your sister's name was uh yeah that is it that is a name but uh (laughs) but is not her name okay right um uh that would be cultural appropriation. However, if I did it mimicking you guys who are white people, <laughs> you culturally is that cultural our, our appropriation? Culture. <laughs> I mean, I say go for it and just see what happens. I think you found um, a loophole there, bud. Yeah. I mean, Jacob. I love that gag. That 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 joke is is paying so many dividends. <laughs> Um, so Noah, um, you've been tearing up the TTS tournament scene with a very unexpected army. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us about it. Tell us what you think. I mean, we know what it is cause you've beaten me with it multiple times and, uh, you beat Jacob with it. Mm-hmm. He's, Jacob he's, he's one and one against me. Let's, let's, let's call it like it is. Jacob is, Jacob is my only tournament loss with squigs in the last two months i'm never playing you again you should feel you should feel good (laughs) i don't i don't know so i have only a half explanation for the the squig run i'm on currently uh people don't expect boy and grab bounders and most people who are playing squigs are just kind of doing a lot of fun stuff if it's a squig heavy army um but i just played a ton of games with them and sort of honed down and there was like other people with similar ideas. Um, and I, I love stealing ideas from people. Um, and so appropriating them, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Appropriation. Um, and so basically the army is uh, it's, it's just ba- based on boring bounders and then big screens and then lots of tiny tricks that sometimes work well enough to eke out wins. Um, you say sometimes, and- but like, <laughs> you're you well, people lost one game in tournament with squigs i think people don't respect them they, they it's it's a lack of respect on the community's 
part that people will just move right up in your face and try to fight you with something that can just be taken off with 15 born grab bounders really easily. And then 15 is like 15 born grab bounders with the new battalion and the rerolls can really get somewhere. And, you know, you have to have some moon luck, um, but you bring Scragrot and then I bring a general, uh, I bring Scragrot as the general. So I bring back my screens of um, Stabas or Shooters instead of bringing back Squigs because that's what's hopefully dying. Like if I need to bring back Squigs, I mean, or Boingers or something, like something's gone really wrong. And so I bring them in as bodies and then, you know, little stuff like um, I'd mostly, the main thing I teleport is Sneaky Snufflers. And I teleport them in front of my squig, in front of my boingers, so that the, so they can be like in front, ready to move onto an objective if necessary, but buff them and then be passed by the boingers and be there set up for like a turn or two in the future. So you just named um, something that I am finding more and more in my games where I actually, and it's like counterintuitive, but I, I keep falling into these like little tactical tricks and, and what you just described is one of them, which is that deploying or finding a way to get your support pieces in front of what they want to support before you then go drop your huge damaging load on somebody is is massively helpful. Uh, like, so I've been playing, uh, the last two games I've played in the last 24 hours have been with a Slanesh Archeon list. And every time I'm just fighting tooth and nail to find a way to get the Chaos Lord within 12 inches of Archeon when the combat starts because I need Archeon to fight twice so I'm going to get my points out of him. And at move six or move five versus move 14, it's not super feasible unless I do a Lurid Haze redeploy with the Chaos Lord, which is like not an awful idea. Yeah. I actually could definitely just like huck him off to the side of the board and that'll telegraph where Archeon's going to go. Well, it's a 12 inch, right? You could huck him over there and then you can be six and then 12 is the bubble because he can't move. Right, so it's 18 inches from the board edge. So you'll have 18 from the board edge that you could stick Archeon in with that Lurid Haze move because he can get there on his own. Yeah. And then you have both. Right. Yeah, that's great. Um, But what you just, and like the other thing that I've done and like been told I'm an idiot for is I call it the the Jon Snow deployment, which is where you put... uh, war machines in front of your combat threats. Mm-hmm. So when I was playing Skaven, I would put my, my warp lightning cannons out in front of uh, plague monks so that people would waste their time charge. Like, cause they're going to charge what they want to charge in the first place, but then it guarantees that I'm getting a good counter charge off on whatever they right on your combat unit is back behind your shooting unit because exactly. you're thinking about that beta exactly instead of, yeah. I'm I'm a real beta yeah. male. Let me tell you. Yeah. Let me tell you right now. Um, um, but yeah, because like I feel like conventional wisdom is keep your war machines or keep your support pieces behind your threats. Yeah, I think some armies that makes sense. Um, I think squigs, uh, and I, I know I'm playing gits, but it's, the list is so many squigs that I'm playing squigs. But it's it's like you need to play kind of crazy. Like my wizards, like four wound wizards will be right up on the line when the game starts. Like they may even be in the open. Cause I'm like, like I can lose that thing, but also I need to get the mood face moment up on something. And I need to know what that is and be like setting up for a turn or two in advance. 
where I'm going to mom at something that I need to get to come over to me because I have random move. I might move too, right? Like I, I don't know. So I just need to have the best possible chance to do it a couple ways. And I need that moment around. And so you, you lose it a lot, but a lot of the time, the thing that they have to come kill it with, you can then take off and it's a better exchange. Yeah. Um, Joe, what do you, oh, go ahead. No. Oh, no. Anyway, I was just saying the other one is that the uh, Scuttle Tide is the best spell in the entire game. Yeah, that, that is so, so ridiculous. It's so big. <laughs> it's so big and just it's so massive. annoying. <laughs> and it basically can hit anywhere on the table. Yeah, terrain. I mean, it's wholly six of a terrain piece. And then it, after that, it just moves around six. So you can just be standing in the back and cast it and be like, yeah, your uh, thing that wanted to move through this area? No. You have to go around. So, but you, what you described with squigs, you basically said, and like maybe you're you're being modest and minimizing the impact being a ridiculously practiced player has, but you're saying if everyone knew how squigs worked and had respect for how boingers were going to work and three fifteens of boingers was going to work, you wouldn't win as many games as you do. Which is largely the argument I've heard for why Sons of Bayamut did so well in their first two tournament outings in Australia, right? So I'm going to pivot here yeah, to, I think to it's that, Joe. I, like, Joe, do you do you think mm-hmm. if you've played enough games against Noah's Boingers, you would have a, a better shot at those games? Like, what do you think it's a matchup thing? Do you think it's a player I, thing? So, I don't know. Like, I've played against it a couple times with different armies. And, like, the last time me and Noah played it, I did, I won the game. I mean... It's just you like I'm playing KO a lot, right? So I don't have a lot of bodies, and um, once you lose like a, one of your core, once you lose one of your boats, you're kind of like, all right, now you're on the back foot. So when you play against uh, when I'm playing against Noah, it tends to be that he has like two units that are um, that are running and charging at least because you do it with a command ability, right? And possibly the moon and usually the moon's in one quarter. I think there's the a spell in the moon. It's a spell in the moon. Yeah. yeah, sorry. So it's a spell in the moon and Scragrot's a really good caster. And then I'm also playing KO, so I don't have really good unbinds. So usually you have two units that can do that. Um, I remember in our last game, I used the navigator ability to, to quarter the move of one of the random movers. Mm-hmm. And now I'm thinking about that. And I don't know if they have fly or they count as flying when moving. No, they have fly now. Okay, they have fly. Because some things yeah. count as flying when moving. Another thing I noticed when we're talking about that rule is that the new Lumineth ruse, it says specifically that they treat terrain like they're flying, but they don't treat mm-hmm but it doesn't say anything about treating other enemy models or their own models. So when you're playing a Lumineth player, um, they're probably going to try, because I, I would make that mistake too, is trying to move those like Rue Riders over my own units, because you can, it's only over terrain. Is it also regular move? So you can't do it in, like you can't you go over it in charges and stuff, or is it just all moves? I don't know. I have to, I have to look that up. Another thing that I know Lumineth players are going to try to do is there's the... The Hurricane Wind Mage has a thing where if you start a move within a certain range of him, your your move becomes 16 and you fly. So then they would actually fly, but they won't stop you from disengaging because it's only at the start of that move. They don't get it until the next hero phase, so they wouldn't be able to stop you disengaging and flying high, Joe. Oh, good to know. Um, 
Have you played the new the new Bruce yet? I've not. Have you? No, I haven't had any games against them yet. Yeah, I played them, um, and they they're good, but they're just kind of annoying. Like they don't like they're just doing a bunch of annoying shenanigans. They didn't really have a tremendous amount of punch, um, and but like if you put them in the middle of a board and just tied up a bunch of stuff, you'd be like, this is so annoying until you just shoot them to death. Yeah. Um, uh, so which I suggest. Their ability does say when this unit makes a move, it can pass across terrain features in the same manner as a model that can fly. It just says terrain features. It does. And it says it makes a move, which includes pylons, charges, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's only terrain features. That's really interesting. So like Scuttle Tie will keep it pinned too. Yep. Yeah. Isn't it cool how Games Workshop just will have 12 different versions of the same thing that are slightly different so you can confuse them and argue about them and we can like have those conversations with people at the table very heated um, and not just be like, oh, here's the consistent way that everything either flies or can move as if it flies. Like, let's have them all be different in the whole book. I mean, it goes back to what we always talk about, that, like, Warhammer largely is a game of who remembers enough of their rules to apply them when they come up. Mm. And the nuance between within 12, wholly within 12, wholly within 18, and who applies each of those things, I think, is, is largely, like, what differentiates middle table from top table players. It's like, who knows exactly how it's going to work? And make sure that it works in their favor every time. That's also just why people who play have played their army a ton just do better. Oh, right! Like if you, if, you, if, if you've played flex, <laughs> <laughs> many people have played their armies not, not just not just me and maniacally playing like forty squid games in a month. Rewind f- about fourteen minutes where he said that he's played. Over 3,500 hours of Warhammer in the last six months. Do it now. We'll wait. Rewind, listeners. Um, so I'm, I'm really stoked that you've kind of cornered the market on, uh, on squigs. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, I know other people are, tr- are trying to get the army going, but uh, it will always be yours to me. That's just what matters. Getting there first. <laughs> yeah, getting there first. I always get there first. No, <laughs> one of one of the like four people you actually know, uh, no, like gives you credit for doing well with this army. Like that's cool. Imp- you want to have impress your buddies. It doesn't really matter about impressing everyone else. Right? So, have you been playing in any of the big TTS tournaments on top of just getting a shit ton of games with randos? Um. Yeah, I played um, in both Butcher's Buffets. Um, I played a really fun and engaging army, which was 45 Blight Kings in um, the first one. And I, I'm just not going to do that anymore. It was That was a lot, um, which was six rounds of that. Um, I got third in that. That was fun. And then I've done pretty much a tournament a week. Um, and then some of these, you know, three or six round or four, whatever, five round ones that are one game a week. Um, just signing up for everything that isn't at 5 a.m. Uh, that I can do. And, um, you know, because the, like, 
I would love to do Owens ones, but they're just much too early to be, you know, in the right mental state to play that amount of Warhammer. Um, I did two of them, but I just, it's, 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 it was too much at 5am Yeah, to be like on TTS and just be like looking down the barrel of nine hours of TTS. In one of our, uh, our server attorneys, I played Benjamin Sava and the best time that worked for him was 6am British standard time. So I went to bed at like nine 30, woke up at midnight, played a five and a half hour game of Warhammer. It was a very long game of Warhammer because he's very cerebral and was playing Lumineth with no techless. So he had a bunch of casters, but no auto casts and this like amazing flow chart of how things worked and a cool, uh, like bravery debuff and pseudo Bellacore, your units sort of deal. Uh, which, spoiler alert, I won. I think we talked about this in the last episode, but I wanted to just share for the listeners at home in case they forgot that I have beaten Benjamin Sava and Juwan Noah Singh. <laughs> so basically what I'm saying is if you're a That's well-known true. name in Warhammer and you're going to play me in a doesn't-matter three-round tournament, watch the fuck out. Oh, and I beat Big Dick <laughs> Alex. Shit, dude. I beat him last night. Yeah, you did. We both beat him um, last night. <laughs> we both did beat him last night. But he, he was playing that crazy mixed death thing he was messing around with. Um, the uh, Dayton I, I uh, has has not yet. He, he's tried two different daughters lists against the Squigs and both time run into exactly the same issue, um, which was just getting completely caught on a <laughs> on the scuttle tide <laughs> for like a turn and a half. Um, but yeah, I played in his 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 one too, which was pretty fun. Had a good time in that as well. But yeah, I mean, lockdown's been great because um, you know it's just uh, anything to not be thinking about like looking at the same rooms that I've looked at ten times in my house, um, <laughs> like over and over. I, I put up a lot of wallpaper. Like, the, like we're really looking. I, I I guess I didn't even start hobby tunneling, but like you know, really looking for stuff to do and just being like, you know what? I'm going to play 40 games with squigs. Let's, let's do it. Okay. You guys keep saying um, hobby tunneling. Like this is a phrase I'm supposed to know. So I'll ask, I'll be the dumb guy in the room. What does hobby tunneling mean? Um, it's actually means exactly what it's called. It's when people <laughs> dig tunnels for a hobby. Are you, are you, serious? Serious? you just dig tunnels. <laughs> what is this, like mole I, people do this for fun? <laughs> For some reason, I keep I keep forgetting I've sent it to Joe and sending it to him. <laughs> There's it like six times, dude. It's fine. Yeah, it's like some part of my brain that's just like Joe needs to know about hobby tunneling, and I keep texting. He's like, "You have sent me this before." I mean, to be fair, that's like the nature of our podcast and our relationship is making the same joke over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah. And Except it wasn't. I guess it is now, but it wasn't initially. Most of the time, he does not see it coming. You know, and frankly, I'm starting to think that you and I are David Cross and Bob Odenkirk. All right, but uh, on the count of three, we each say which one of us we think we are. On the count of three. One, two, You're three. Fucking David Bob Cross. Odenkirk. You're David Cross, bro. No, 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 no. On the count of three. One, two, three. I'm Troy. You're David Cross. Do you guys not wear jean shorts underneath your pants? 
have you ever seen that Bob Odenkirk's uh, show that he did just himself? No. Um, okay. Well, we'll have this discussion later. <laughs> cool. Send you some things. Cool story. This is good radio. <laughs> yeah. I really hope like instead of sending that to Joe, you just send him Wikipedia articles <laughs> on send him Bobby Dunley. Or Hobby Dunley. Updates on Hobby Dunley. Okay, so let's let's try to stick to the show notes because we're doing so well so far. Uh, let's talk about what we've been working on in the hobby. And uh, Noah, you go first. Yeah, Noah. Yeah, you hit us off, man. Tell us what armies you're painting right now. Um, I am painting lizards because uh, I started last summer and I built all them. And then I stopped and they sat there and they looked at me for a long time. And so I've like slowly kind of done one another. And then just eventually was like, you know what? We're just going to do a, a bad job on these and we're going to do them quickly and they're going to be great. Uh, so I just painted a ton of skinks um, and a couple of wizards. And then uh, that's the only hobby I'm probably going to do this year. Huh. So so what about your, your uh, squigs? Are you... Oh, what I, I did was I went to work and I made I made some money and then I got someone more talented to do that. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, suggested. Jacob, what are you working on? Jacob, what are you working on? I <laughs> Kid just left. have been working on uh, more of my Daughters of Cain Slanesh. I finished Marathi the Shadow Queen. And mm-hmm. I've finished 20 uh, Blood Sisters and then promptly realized I didn't like the weapon conversions that I used for the Blood Sisters or the color that I've painted mm-hmm. the weapons for them or for Marathi. So I'm going to have to go back and fix those. Um, I had the Zangor uh, Enlightened sort of spears on them because before there was no like mortal weaponry for for slanesh but now that there's slick blades and myrmidons and all that cool mortal stuff i'm gonna have to use the slick blade glaives for my blood stalkers or blood sisters so that's great so i'm gonna snap off all of those and glue on more uh glaives on them and um I didn't know if you wanted to go this in depth in case macro wanted to steal more of your ideas yeah no i was i was hoping to uh to just lay out sort of a whole uh, roadmap, if you will, of my plan for the whole army so that he could do it shittily and get more Does that mean that you're an influencer? No, because I, what I do influences influencers. So I'm, I'm like the actor formerly known as Ellen Page of influencers it's like influenceception influenceception you're Cyrano de Bergerac I don't um I, I prefer so, Hennessy so. if we're talking <laughs> cognacs um but I'll, I'll fuck with a crown royal okay crown royal is Canadian whiskey and what's cognac French whiskey French brandy cognac I thought that was uh, that rapper Cognac Black. Oh, oh! See, I thought you were talking about um, 
cognac west west no no uh um cognac the barbarian oh yeah that's a good one so that's that's my favorite uh dolph lundgren movie (laughs) so joe what are you been working on uh i'm getting paid money to paint this fucking guy's squigs army god he sounds like an asshole Real power gamer. What a dick. Yeah, it's it's been cool. I've been waiting for my uh, Curse City to come in the mail, but uh, as soon as I pre ordered it, I got an open ended email about it's just going to be late. Vaguely, vaguely late. Joe, you got to get closer to your mic, dude. You're you're like. Oh, sorry. There we go. Sorry, 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 sorry. Um, no, what I was saying was is uh, I got an email from Games Workshop as soon as I ordered my Curse City that it's going to be late. Uh, but with like not like a five days late, like a day you might get in, the, in between now and the next like 30 days. It's like, fuck you. So, so I um, don't ask this question to flippantly like set you off, but how painful is it to be on Twitter and either see people who got theirs early or people who ordered at the same time as you getting theirs and like being excited about opening it? Um, it's it's pretty annoying to be honest, dude, but I have like. I'm working on a batch of 25 more Boingrot Bounders right now that I want to finish before I crack into Curse City. And uh, this fucking client of mine has, is uh, still has to send me the Loon Shrine and 20 more squigs and two characters. Is he and, really riding your ass about that? Uh, no, actually, he's extremely impressed with how fast I'm getting it done right now. Yeah, it's actually quite uh, frustrating because uh, my, like, my store is less fast than you uh, in terms of just getting me some more squigs. Um, and the reason they came was that there was a, I had a math error, um, which you very kindly pointed out is literally written on the front of the box. How many are in the box? Um, <laughs> in like large letters and has been the entire existence of games workshop. So um which is a good thing to learn, you know, uh, that that's how you find out how many are in it. Uh, you don't just assume that they go with max squads because I don't. That was a ridiculous assumption, but yeah, they're they're coming soon. Hopefully. So, Joe, you were texting me today about how excited you were painting this army, um, mainly because you discovered how good yellow looks as a highlight for for green. And yeah, I've been using like a bright yellow to highlight all the skin. It gives it like a fluorescent kind of vibe. Yeah, I I really love when you can either use an unexpected color as your mid-tone for a blend or as a as a high tone for a highlight. So the color still reads as green because the body of it is green, but the highlights that make it pop. Like I think I think that's such an interesting color interaction. Is like slipping a weird color in for your either for your base or you know at some layer of the of the paint. I think that's such a cool strategy to use. I forget where it was that I saw this, but like someone posted about painting skin, and they basically said like, "Don't go brown tone, beige tone, skin tone. Go brown tone, like pink, purple, and then skin." And it gives like a weird warmth. I, I, it's, I'm not doing this justice, but I've been I've been playing with using weird colors as the mid or high tones, and really enjoying it, especially mm-hmm. the way I'm doing the skin for my slanesh. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I think uh, I think you're right. Like you watch, you like look at stuff that like those top tier painters like Richard Gray does, and like it, it's like colors in the skin that you wouldn't normally think to even put there. So I agree. Yeah, Joe, I'm gonna need you to put that mic into your mouth. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's very late. I was imagining that you were just leaning back because you were like. I know, I know exactly what I'm talking about here. And we're like, it was just like a, it was like a confidence move. Well, and for listeners at home, because no one is seeing this video, Noah just leaned back super cockily, and it was, it was great video. So when we put this up on YouTube as an audio file, you still won't know what happened. You could, you could put a, a link to a video about how to lean back, mm. so people could like watch it and get it. Made, made by like, made by like thing. Joe Pagano from like let's say eight months ago so like back when you were chubby like the and you could be a rapper named fat joe thanks bro <laughs> thanks a lot i was gonna say they had a whole rap song about leaning back it was called lean back and, and who sings mm-hmm. it i don't remember was it lean, was it fat joe it was fat joe in the terror squad <laughs> really the terror squad yeah I think that's why Jacob's joke worked really well. Apparently uh, not. I remember Fucking swing and a miss. Fundamentally not funny. In, in, in retrospect, it works great. Uh, yeah. um, so we've been playing a Can bunch we, of... Hang t- on oh. real quick. Stop. Speaking of rappers, we need to take a minute of silence for probably the rap artist that started this podcast. Rest in peace, DMX. I wasn't looking at the sky. I was actually looking up and I ended up getting focused on my smoke detector. <laughs> but yeah, he's up there right now. Just just yeah. dog barking at Gabriel at the, the pearly gates. <laughs> I, like the idea, I like the idea that someone suggested that like they had to like commute together to the afterlife it's a, it's like, it was like there was like a fun like a, a like a share like an uber pool with prince prince philip and dmx in it you think they're going to the same place yeah it's true no i guess uber pool drops people off at different places also doesn't it that's true <laughs> yeah. all right here's the real question who is their lift driver <laughs> What I want, I want to say something really dark. Um, it's probably gonna be someone who's in between the two, so like a musician who is British and dead. So maybe it was just a fragment of John Lennon's skull. <laughs> it's really dark. Too soon? No, no. Uh, I was gonna go the other direction, which was um, like racist, despotic royalty and rulers uh but that happened to be black so i was gonna go with uh you know one of the the like french named african regime rulers from the 80s and 90s uh you know what we could have just went with like um someone in the middle someone in the middle between the two like hank from new jersey Hank from New Jersey. I'm not getting this one. We're not connecting. Me neither. 
just a random guy named Hank. Oh, just a guy, Hank. a guy named Hank. Is, I was like, is there? A is he a listener? Is this a is this a real person? Or is this person totally fictional? He's, yeah, he's. This is the first shout out of the night. Yeah, shout out to Hank, bro. Does he does he sell propane and propane accessories? <laughs> yes. Sweet. Uh, yeah, I do. I do think DMX is probably at fault for our entire friendship and relationship and podcast. Mm. Thanks, X. You gave this to us, like you said you would. I was once in a um, <laughs> like you said you would Uber. <laughs> I was in an Uber once in uh, in England, and I asked the guy who the best British rapper was, and I was trying to remember the guy. He said, "But I can't because the next thing he said is that's the second best guy after me," and then uh, rapped to me for the rest of the ride. While I looked forward. Went into fear mode and just didn't move again for the rest of the ride. All right, but but on a scale of vanilla ice to immortal technique, how good was he? He was definitely saying a lot of words very quickly with no accompaniment. So you 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 had a uh, like an Uber ride from Twista? Essentially, essentially, it was like not. It was like a good like ten minutes of a man rapping to me while driving, who had just claimed to be the best rapper in England. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, I, I did do this to myself. <laughs> when I was twenty, I got into an altercation with a kid who worked at Taco Bell in the parking lot of Taco Bell, and mm-hmm. then he rapped at me. <laughs> I'll never forget. I'll never forget him. He was he was playing 3D chess, bro. Yeah. Because he didn't he didn't have to physically fight me to win. I'll never forget him now. <laughs> have He's you, with me everywhere I go. Have you ever thought about like getting really good at breakdancing so you could go find him probably at that same Taco Bell and have a have a dance battle with him and make sure you I win? I don't know. If he, I don't know if he can do that anymore because I think he's the manager now. Oh. Um, he's really moving. He's moving up. Yeah, and he can't degrade himself by, you know, up rocking against some random fucking Whitestone dude. I went to I went to the, my first Taco Bell uh, since the pandemic yesterday, uh, two days ago. How was um, it? It was really good, um, and also really really bad, um, because that's sort of just the experience that I think I always have there. But any any company that has their own flavor of Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew. Yeah, like that's like it's just amazing. Like you, you have to you have to go get some tacos. It's literally it's literally the best Mountain Dew ever made too. It's like so good. Is this like the equivalent yeah. of, of Mexican Coca-Cola versus normal Coca-Cola? Basically it's exactly the same thing, yeah. It's it's like Baja Blast, bro. It's a blast. It's a Baja Blast so much better and i went i went with the the always the gamble is just when you go to a taco bell and they've got some new words that they've rearranged in a new way <laughs> and you see them and you're like i'm gonna just read what these words are did you get the I quesarita bet. the quesarita is back Noah. no no okay i I, lo- I love the quesarita quesarita is great um this was something else there was it was a taco but it was kind of in it was like quesalupa I literally can't now. I literally cannot explain the shape that they had cr- put it in. 
It was like they made it a into nacho, a ball. A nacho swan. It, it wasn't even a Crunchwrap Supreme. It was more ball-like than a Crunchwrap Supreme. Uh, mm. A Dorito terrain piece. Yeah, essentially, <laughs> yeah, you could have, you could have, it would have been hard to deploy around. Has it been hard to digest? Oh. It was very hard to digest. It was, it was, I, I think I gave it to my dog halfway through. That's Which mean. is not. To your dog. <laughs> I mean, look, excitement was high. Um, um, when they had those top, the chalupas, but the shell was just chicken, I, f- I fucked with that really. Is well. that like a double down, mm-hmm. but a chalupa? Yeah, because they were the same company. Oh shit! Down. So you're saying Colonel Sanders is actually Colonel Sanders? Yeah, yeah. And, and Baskin Robbins, but they almost never will oh, let okay. you have. Um, they'll never. They don't want to combine the Baskin Robbins with the. The other food items they want those to be there i thought places. you were about to say they don't i almost never let you have it your way <laughs> yeah there's a there's a taco bell um in key west where i lived for the last 10 years and um it when it opened up it caused an actual they had to have cops out for almost three weeks because the line to go through the taco bell drive through had spilled out into the main road in and out of town. And they had to like, they had like cones in a parking lot that like they had co-opted to have people be in line to go to the Taco Bell. So it was like the biggest event that's ever happened in like a city that like literally is tourism based and event based was the Taco Bell. So they basically did like the, the roller coaster uh, ride line. Yeah, the roller coaster lines. Yeah, the roller coaster, like the windy lines. Did they have yeah, just, the decency to like put up shitty art deco attractions and like background info on the Indiana Jones ride before getting to your Taco Bell. (laughs) I remember like there was a lot of people who were get out of their car as if it would help. And then eventually someone just walked in and ordered and walked back out, but they were still stuck in the line. So they had to go the whole way through. So they just ate two Taco Bells. It was great. When I was in high school, uh, my senior year, I went to state for wrestling. And oh, you made it to state, bro? Yeah, I did. And I'll tell you why. Because the way the state is broken up into sections is based on population density. And San Francisco is not only its own like league, but it's its own section. So if you won the All-City Tournament, which at most meant wrestling three matches against shitty city opponents you got to go to state so in three years of wrestling i went to state one time so i'm really underselling this year and so then you fought some like corn-fed white boy from fucking like modesto actually yeah my first match was against a guy from vacaville who pinned me in like 59 seconds and my second match was against a guy from oakland who was like a first year wrestler but he was a football player and he just blast tackled me across the mat for for six minutes um this is not the story i was trying to tell i ended up actually do you still have your singlet i don't i don't because that was my nickname those were uh those were school property um i ended up teaching at the school that he wrestled from and i ended up assistant coaching for his old coach actually weirdly enough but anyway uh so you showed him. Yeah, I really got him back. I went and fucked his mom. <laughs> That's what I did. 
Well, that it's got Jeff Winger move. Exactly, exactly. Great reference. Great reference. Um, anyway, uh, so the way it worked for for state though was we all got on like a charter bus and rode down to Bakersfield, worst fucking place to have a tournament in California. Um, but worst place to be in California. Yeah, and that's from a guy who lived half his time in Fresno. Uh, but I mean, shit. At least it's not Bakersfield. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's what it says on the sign outside of Fresno. <laughs> At least we're not Bakersfield. Um, but so no one, no one drove to the tournament. We were all on this on this bus, and so the the night after the tournament, we're we're walking around Bakersfield like trying to get food, and no one no one's open, and there's like no real restaurants because it's Bakersfield and it's a shithole. And so we tried to go to um, KFC. But it was closed except for drive through So we walked through the drive through and asked them to order. And they wouldn't serve us from the drive through window yeah, on they, foot. They won't let you. I've tried that. Why not? My, bro- my brother and I were turned away for being on foot. I want, sir, I far. want to give you money in exchange for your quote-unquote <laughs> chicken. Goods and services. Yeah. So, uh, all right. What's that? It's a safety thing. It's not safe. Yeah, but but eating KFC is safe. Yes. Um, All right, so we're going to transition back into our our normally uh, scheduled podcasting topics. Um, I think based on the way it sounds like Noah's lockdown has been, doing a games played section might take a long time. So maybe we could do like high-level overview of, uh, of like our last month worth of games. And just maybe talk about the tournaments we've done or the lists we've played and how we've liked how they've performed so far. Uh, so because I think Noah's going to take the longest, let's start with Joe. And talk to, close to your mic, Joe. I played a bunch of games uh, with mainly my KO, which has been fun. Um, I'm starting to feel really, really comfortable with that list that I've been running, which is basically just, uh, you know, two battalions two drops, the two frigates, an ironclad, 30 Arcanauts, and six engine riggers, and a chemist, and two navigators, and warp lightning vortex. It's, it's pretty straightforward. You just, I just like to go first and shoot everything off, hit everything with warp lightning vortex, and then if I win, I win, and if I don't, I lose. And it's pretty, <laughs> I mean, it, people, people like to complain about it. Like, oh, it's, you know, I've had a bunch of really good games with it, and, and our our little TTS server that we're all in our discord server has a lot of like people who play for the shooting meta. And I'm like the only shooting armor army in the whole thing. So I just feel like everyone's tailoring their list against me. Dayton. Uh, yeah. Jacob. What? Um, yeah. And, uh, but aside from that, like it's been good reps and stuff. And I played a little bit of corn here and there. I played Bud Kaler for his birthday and I was like, I'm going to take a soft corn list. So I took, Scarbrand, three insensate rage per thirsters and a fury thirster, and then uh, on his birthday weekend, I tabled him by turn three. So, and I, I think all he killed was like ten blood reavers. <laughs> um. So, did you just like know, shout <laughs> "Happy birthday, bitch" every time you took off his models? <laughs> this is a little no. bit rude. No, but like, um, you know, I always come back to corn because I like really love those models and I painted them very well. Um. But I'll be the judge of that. No, you did. They're they're beautiful. I can't like 
from a gameplay perspective, I don't. It's not that I don't enjoy playing them. I just feel like um, they don't do what I want them to do. Like they're all moderately lacking in the one spot I want them to be good in. Is they're just super slow, right? Like they're they're kind of a slow army when you need them to be a fast army. So I've always been trying these like blood ties shenanigans and stuff I can do to get things moving quicker or moving twice early game. And it's just something that I'm going to keep working on, but uh, I don't, I don't know when I'll ever get that army painted complete. Cause I, you know, I keep adjusting my list and I haven't really painted anything for it in months. Yeah. I, I like the way you try to use blood ties shenanigans for their movement. And I think blood type is probably the most interesting and like best mechanic Games Workshop has ever written as far as allegiance abilities goes. The problem is it's coupled with some really mediocre war scrolls. There's like maybe three or four good war scrolls in corn. Yeah, Bloodthirsters being moved ten is just It's, it's a just real kick enough. in the dick. Why would you have them move ten? Like when things like Terror Geist move fourteen, Archeon moves fourteen. Uh, everything, the spirit of the wind everything, moves 36 everything with wings moves 12 minimum I'm trying to think of anything that flies that isn't night haunt that doesn't move 12 or more uh, and grab bounders they don't well no they move They move 2d6 so they move 12 they move 12 every yeah. time yep. every time, and time twice on Sunday yeah it's 1 in 36 shot that they move 12 100% of the time you roll dice. Right. 100% of the time that you roll boxcars, they move 12. Mm-hmm. But also, they run in charge, so they're really moving 18. Yeah. And they get a reroll now. Mm-hmm. And you give them plus three. Yeah. And you yeah. six the, the run. Yep. Yeah. That's really good. 2d6 plus nine. Still ends up being 12. cool so uh, so yeah like uh, i think i'll keep fucking with corn and i'll keep falling back to it in seven years when it's painted and they get a a new book that is uh they'll get a new book before then a a meta breaking book that destroys the meta they just get like rules that like allow them to not be targeted in the combat phase unless your opponent has one eye or something (laughs) Just uh, just FAQ it so the blood tide doesn't all disappear. And it's fine. I think that would help. I think it I think it would help. I would, I just think that like I think skull crushers and and uh, and bloodthirsters just need to be a little bit faster or a little bit I'm not gonna say more survivable for the skull crushers because they're probably the most survivable thing in corn, but like bloodthirsters just die to a stiff breeze. Like they need they need something else, or they just need to get better as they get wounded. They need to have like the scar brand rule or something. Honestly, I think if they just didn't degrade, yeah, or, yeah, you could you could give them. I mean, we already have it mangler squigs too, right? Yeah, like make them make them go up. They're up, and then they go back up. Right. Yeah, I think that's yeah. that's a good like, call. And just make them as scary as the model looks. Cause like the fact that, you know, like, like, uh, like what, you know, they're not as good as 
many tidy things on a 25 mil base is pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, they're they're easily the worst greater demon. Yeah, but also they're like, if you roll hot, they're fucking oppressive, right? Like, I played mm-hmm. Dayton and I hit four booms in his whole army and it was like... <laughs> Yeah, I rolled four sixes to wound with two bloodthirsters. That's like super rare, but like it deleted everything. Yeah. So there's like a yes and a no. It's like, but that's that's like, and they're two hundred, they're two hundred seventy points. So it's not crazy. I agree, but I also think this is one of those examples of times where GW accidentally wrote a good rule. It's not like bloodthirsters are this incredible force that if you roll hot they're great it's like there's this one rule on this one bloodthirster who hits on fours that if you spike it just deletes the whole board right like yeah they they accidentally write amazing rules here and there and like another example that i think is the pre-faq celebron teleport where if you teleported a unit you couldn't move in the next move phase so if you got the double you were stuck (laughs) which I think is incredibly (laughs) elegant. I think that is the best rule they've ever written. And then they got rid of that. And I think they did it by accident, right? Because they like, they took what used to be a hero phase move, said you can't move in the following hero phase, and then said, oh, you know what would fix that? Is just make that teleport happen at the end of the movement phase. And then forgot to delete the first fix they had in place. I'm trying to think of other good, like other amazing rules they've written that I think are genuinely accidental, but those are, those are the two that stand out to me currently. That's so like, that's literally the fun of going through and trying to like, that's the reason we can go find stuff. Like, you know, that list that you were messing with the corn today, Joe, like you go find stuff and be like, Oh shit, I actually found something. Cause there's so many rules and it's kind of so erratic that periodically you could act like there's, they, if they wrote intentional battle tones, they would all just be like, you know, you, you wouldn't have that that exploration, right? It would be like, oh, I found a weird thing in the in the Gits book that's a fun interaction. Yeah, Sam Morgan would literally play X Wing. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I like the the implication of saying that they don't write intentional bow tones means that they're they're all done by accident. <laughs> Like I dropped Whoops. a bunch of stuff on the stairs and we have a new battle tone. <laughs> Maybe, and hear me out here, GW employs 20,000 typing bonobos. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the sin guy and the bin guy, but there's 20,000 typing bonobos. And they take the best written one every three months and slap it to some models. You know, um, this is like that South Park episode where they like go to the place where they write Family Guy, and it's just like a bunch of manatees pushing balls into a basket. <laughs> and the balls have things written on them, and like it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna do this and this together. And it's like, oh my god, you know, like it, I kind of feel like that's GW's. I don't know, who cares? I can't. I, I'm like done wrapping my head around it because none of it has ever fucking made sense, and it's it's always kind of been that way, right? Like even in Asia. Like you got like sometimes you got a book and it's trash. Like uh like what elves? Like what elves have not been like like I know you played them forever and you played them well, but they were always like a super high skill cap army. Like you had to be really good. 
to play them well because they weren't there was nothing like not intuitive but like the words i'm looking for is like there were other armies that did everything better oh yeah yeah nothing was innately the best at what it did and everything died to not even a stiff breeze yeah strength three attacks killed your army reliably yeah reliably just made you completely impotent so i mean to be fair i was i had that problem before i started playing warhammer hey um all right uh noah why don't you try to give us a high level i mean i guess you've sort of done it a little bit but what have you been playing with any other interesting lists or what have been some notable games you've played with the gets lately uh i'm in a tournament right now with a iron jaws list um that is blood tooths uh, so you're getting a bonus when you um, have a Baleful Remgate on the board, which is really helpful. Um, and then, uh, no, but they, they have a teleport that's fun. Don't you get and to bring you... the the Baleful Realmgate to every game if you take the battalion? <laughs> I uh, set it up today for a game this afternoon, and I just put out one. And then just tried to argue that it was there. And Kyle was like, no, 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 we're not. There's no baleful realm case. Um, but the, um, the, yeah, it's like a, it's, you know, just a ton of Ard Boys and then uh, nine pigs. And the Ard Boys come back on a four up and they charge and they chop things up. And it's like, it's a fun army because bringing stuff back. Um, I like to sacrifice the MSU units because essentially bringing them back can be um, your teleports. And uh, yeah, it's been really fun. So I've done two games with that. Um, one was last night, one was today. Um, and Yo, then... I also played that list of my KO, right? Yeah, you destroyed that list of your KO. Yeah, because you take the war um, out and that army has a lot less to go off of. Yeah, and I'm also bringing one war channer. Um, I don't know, but it's been fun that it's a one, two, I'll be playing the final in this little three rounder tomorrow. Um, little brunch time game. Who are you playing? And then, uh, I'm playing Chris Hernandez. Oh, so you're playing your guy. Yeah. My buddy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and then, uh, I, and he's playing ogres, which is a great final. Um, it's all ogre now. And then done a couple of tournaments with you all did um the ptap tournament which was fun uh dayton robbed me of the win there by going to strength of schedule and not running at um, four rounds yeah it just should have been one more round but it's fine so, who did you lose to in that uh, out of curiosity I didn't lo- nobody no no but i mean if you didn't win it and it was a three-round tournament you, you yeah yeah right? yeah that's the thing Nope. Nope. There were two three and O's. Or three three and O's. And uh, one of them had a stronger strength of schedule. By like, what, one point or some shit, too? Yeah, like... and I'm playing him tomorrow in this tournament. Uh, he's Chris, so uh, I'll get to take my revenge. Um, which is important. Grudges are really important in Warhammer. Um, and then... Uh, yeah, so just been, but I've been just playing a ton of squid games, and then uh, also not in tournaments. That that's all I've been playing in tournaments is squigs, other than this iron jaw thing for like two months. Uh, I'm in the, the worlds tournament, 
um, with the guys who won the Butcher's Tribes uh, team thing. They, some, they some added me as their fourth. Team. Some American guys. I, you know, I don't think anyone knows much about them. Um, uh, no, uh, and so that's going to be... And I'm playing Squigs in that as well. And I've won both of those. So how many rounds has uh, that one gone? I don't know how many it is. We've done two. Um, I just kind of assumed I'd be doing it for the rest of my life um, based on the number of teams. And I was fine with that. I just If I'm going to play one list for the rest of my life, I'm happy to be 45 more ground bounders. That's, that's fine. Um, so did you, like we, did you I steal think that list? We will have a list. Did you steal that list from, from Bill or did you guys workshop it and play it together? We both started playing it at the same time. We both started playing. I think I played Squigs, and he we were like messing around with it, and then we both started playing uh, various versions of it. I think he might have put forty five out first, but there were always at least thirty in every list. Um, it took me like three games to give up on um, to give up on the. Uh, uh, mangler squigs. I, I really, really wanted a mangler squig to work, and the problem is there are almost as many points as fifteen point grub pounders, and they do a lot less. And having a monster that someone can take like you know six wounds off on a four up save, and then it can move d six, is pretty bad. Rerollable d six. A rerollable d six. Yes, you can turn that four into a five. Um, and yeah, so having big parts of your army that people can ignore uh, is really bad, particularly in a, you know, like Gloob Spite, stuff's not great anyway. So, and like your keywords are kind of funky and like you need to, you know, a lot of holy withins and weird radiuses and stuff. Um, and then, but yeah, he, he played a bunch of it too. And uh, so I think we're, I think we're both, getting the list actually painted. Um, so hopefully we can play uh, exact mirror match and then we'll, we'll decide who's better with it. I think we can call it now. <laughs> um, I mean, just based off of yeah, the win loss record in your, uh, in your online forum signature, we can, we can tell that you're the better. Squake <laughs> player, right? better squake player. It's great King. Um, I do really want to, um, I like, as soon as I sent all these models to Joe, I started making like wild claims and then had to go play like 10 games with it to make sure that I hadn't completely second guessed myself. So the, the list did change, but it's basically been the same for the two months. Sweet. Um, Tell me about, now I know you have a, a secret desire to make Sons of Bayamot like a top tier competitive yeah. army. Yeah. I really want to play more sons. What does that look like? I, and like, do you think that it wins against armies that can just keep screening you? No. Okay. <laughs> it, it doesn't, but you, you, so you can't step over them unless it's the move phase. Um, at least now you can step over endless spells. Only so if they're four inches or endless... less. Yes. Yes. Small endless spells. Um, how tall is purple sun? My... Out of curiosity? <laughs> uh, more than four inches. Okay. Yeah. Well, it depends on if you've cut the top of it off or not. The little spike on the top. 
of broken. I'm just going to move um, all the... of my prismatic palisades to be <laughs> just to four be and a half. Higher. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, my sons list is um, all little giants except for one Stampa. And he runs in the middle of them and they run up and really hope that you decided to bring a horde of guys. And then just uh, they punch stuff and they either die or they kill your army. You and... rolled. You rolled me with that list too. I did. I did. <laughs> yeah, you didn't expect. You didn't expect the the amount of movement because they can run. I mean, the run and charge, right? Like they're pretty fast. They already move eight, right? Um, or nine? Yeah the the big boys move eleven, and then man crushers are a little bit slower, um, but they get the run and charge. Uh, yeah, so they move eight, and then they have run and charge. Um, so pretty good. So hard counters to that would be anything that shoots, right? Except for KO, uh, except for KO. <laughs> um, and also, well, I was grabbing things out of his boats and killing them. Oh, interesting. With the crushing grips yeah. and stuff, which was fun. Yeah, like here's your character that was frustrating. I'm gonna grab it out of your boat. I'm just reach in and take it. How does that do against and like- then? Ma tribes. Um, they're pretty good against Ma tribes because well, it depends on the build. But if it's if it's tons and tons of bone splitters, they just do so much damage if they can get through the saves. Mm. Um, because they go up to you know you go up to three Sorry, damage. I meant, on clubs. I meant like BCR leaning ogre Ma tribes. Oh, ogre Ma tribes. Sorry. Yeah, not yes, Oric Ma tribes. You. The other one. No, they. They do terribly against them. Okay. They just they die to them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they just punch. They get in a fight, and then the um, ogres always win. Ogre time. It just sort they, of grinds them out. Yeah. Huh? Over ogre. The uh, yeah. I mean, I think they. I guess they could maybe have a little shooting. I don't know. There, I don't. I don't think. You, I don't think you're winning that. And you're just dying to Seraphon. And. Daughters of Cain, you're not going to do anything. So yeah, um, I'll probably, I've started building them, so I'll probably bring them to some events. There you go. Um, yeah. Um, but what's really good about them is that your game is done in one hour. Like it doesn't matter how slow your opponent is. Right, it's just done. It's just done. Well, like bet, the game I mean, is your over. hero phase as a Sons of Bamot player is really slow. And your movement phase takes a very long time because you have so many models. And your shooting phase <laughs> shooting actually phase. exists, but you only have like six attacks. Yeah. Right? Six? Nine. We have Nine a D3 attacks. per. D3 per. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then you charge. And then in that list, because you can make them all Do shoot. Do Mancrushers no longer follow charge. on doubles? No, they still follow. On, on a double to charge? Oh, no, 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 no. Not on it's the only when they, when they, they die. They follow right? when they die. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're not ale guzzlers anymore. They've sobered up. That's good. Um, but they didn't fix the ale guzzler war scroll either. No, you could still take an ale <laughs> guzzler, like yeah, if you if you wanted. And I think they, they, I think they did give them, they didn't give them sons of Bahamut. Uh, keep great. Them. So yeah. you can't bring them. Yeah, yeah. What are you cousins of Bahamut? In laws of Bahamut. <laughs> drunk, drunk uncle of Bahamut. Um, what do you think of people who are taking Fire Slayers or like an abhorrent ghoul king in as mercenary allies for for SOBs? 
Well, I think you do need to have something to do at the table for those other two hours of your round. <laughs> so arguing about if it's legal or not with your opponent every game is like, that's engagement. That's something you can do, right? Like, you're like, okay, so I've got this printout of where they said these are legal. Here's where it is and where they said it. And then here's my argument that the other thing they said in 2020 uh, is not actually, <laughs> doesn't apply to this, that we got rid of mercenaries. It's great. It's super fun. Um, I tried that. I I, I think the so you're saying um, ghouls are a good idea. Yeah, yeah, go for it. No, no, I just brought the wizard to try to cast cogs because um, I wanted to shove everything all the way across the board. You kept trying to sell me on cogs on this slanesh list, and I love cogs. I, clearly, <laughs> I don't know that the slanesh list needs it. Also, it's really fucking frustrating that slanesh comes out. All of the paid YouTube and like podcast guys are talking about how it's the fastest army in the history of Warhammer, and 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 except for the next well, one. Well, hold on, and like actually, nothing in the army has run in charge. So even though it's all like it's a lot of move fourteen, it's also a lot of move six and like run in charge, or move eight and no run in charge. So it's like it's not the fastest army. It's on par with some quick armies, but also doesn't have any out of phase moves or double moves. Or any of that. And then and then they drop the army that has all of those things. Yeah, like, yeah the one with the model that moves like 40 inches. Uh, yeah, it's like I don't think Slanesh is actually faster than Iron Jaws. No, it's much slower than Iron <laughs> no, Jaws. I don't, I don't think that it's terribly faster than Nurgle. It's not, it's not a characteristic of the army. Nurgle is definitely faster. Right. <laughs> So just, I guess what I'm trying to say here is, GW, go fuck yourself with a rusty spoon trying to sell us on Slanesh being the fastest army. If someone, if if you were taking list advice from someone who told you that, it's just a nice, like, that's a good way to say, like, oh, okay, well, let's, let's think about a source of our data. Like, it's it's great because it's like, there's nothing else about the army to talk about. So it was great that people were like, oh, yeah, it's it's so fast. It's like the fastest army because it can't it hit for a sack of shit. <laughs> and it has the spells aren't that great. And it's like one interesting character. Everyone's on a five up save. There's no DPR. And uh, but Sigvald, he looks so cool and he's not wearing pants. <laughs> <laughs> it, it reminds me of the old joke that people make about um when you go to the theater and like if your friend is in the show and they ask you like, oh, what'd you think? How, how was it? And your only response is like, man, the lighting was just super good. <laughs> but I will say, if you play 90% of things that are not in the book and combine them with an allegiance ability... And I will, I will say it's a sub-faction that's actually playable. That's not in the Heat Knights book. <laughs> there's like a really, there's like a solid, yeah, man. Like, you can make that work. Uh, so, I guess cat's out of the bag. I'm playing Slanesh, Gladas, and Sigvald with uh, Slaves to Darkness support heroes and three times five Chaos Warriors in our latest iteration of the... Uh... And Archeon. And Archeon. Yeah, did I not start with that? You you called you called Archeon Slanesh. Oh yeah, no, he is he's, like. he is Slanesh. Yeah, sorry. Uh Archie, Glados, and Sigvald in Lurid Haze, which is from Wrath of the Everchosen. Uh 
So only 600 points of my army comes from Hedonites. And arguably Sigvald is the worst 260 points in the list. And by arguably, I mean he dies fast enough. But if I can put him into something useful. I think the thing that's useful about him is that he just forces people to deploy scared. People deploy very scared against him or like will push stuff back in their deployment zone. Um, anyway, I, I like, I think the list has legs. The problem is if you took that exact list in Zinch or Korn or Nurgle and got rid of Sigvald to put in anything else. <laughs> you, of, you could just ally it in and run exactly. You could ally in Glodas and get the exact same benefits except for in Korn. Mm-hmm. And it's way better. But Lurid Haze gives him, lets me deploy stuff off the table and come in at the end of my first turn of movement and gives the plus one armor save, which is nice on Archie. Oh, but except for 260 points, I could get a War Shrine that could give that exact buff and do better. 160 170. Points. Yeah, right. Oh, so I get an extra 90 points. God damn, I need to not play this in Slanesh, but I'm really enjoying it, so... I'm sticking with it. It's my it's my backup love. It's my it's my Joe's corn project. Yeah. Uh, so sweet. Uh, what's next in the show notes? Yeah. Uh, next up is news and rumors. That is to say, um, that's the worst section of every podcast. And if you're listening to this and you haven't read the news or the rumors about what's coming next, you're a fucking idiot and don't lie to yourself because we know that you've read all those things. Next is our main segment. They're Warhammer. I didn't know there were Warhammer rumors we were doing. I thought it was just rumors. Oh, sure. Um, we can do rumors. <laughs> we can definitely do rumors. Uh, There's, there, there are mole people under New York City. Would you say... Did you hear the rumor that Chai is from um, Trenton? <laughs> Yeah. Try, try, Chai's faking his accent, and he's actually from Trent, New Jersey. I love that rumor. <laughs> I, I've been, I've been thinking about like starting like really like rumors about people that are kind of like a compliment. Like I wanted to start one that Morgan had like a twelve-inch cock. <laughs> <laughs> flaccid. Uh, like, that's it's just flaccid, and like when he gets when he gets a hard on, he gets like lightheaded. Um, when he's when he's got an erection, if you punch him in the nose, nothing comes out. Yeah, like, like just starting rumors about people that aren't actually offensive. Like you know, like oh yeah, did you, did you hear? You know, Rob Rob Symes, dude. Rob, Rob Symes is like really good at balancing a checkbook. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but I heard that Dayton can bench press four hundred and twenty-five pounds. Oof. Yeah. yeah, he's the real strength hammer. There was a rumor once about me that I don't, it has not gone away in um, Florida that I used to be an Imagineer um, who are the specially trained people who work at Disney. And I don't know where it came from, but my only explanation is that I once pointed with three fingers instead of one at something. And people have just like, but it's, it's been, it's followed me around for 12 years. Is that a thing like, people Disney just people like, do? Yeah. They point at things with three fingers? Yeah. It's like the Hunger Games. I, I don't know. I, I mean, that's that's that was the explanation I got for it. It's like, well, it's because of how you point. It's like, okay, cool. Okay, but uh, ima- okay, let's let's rewind. Imagineers are specially trained Disney employees who do what? They they do all the like making Disney World 
like they'll make the pirate ships or whatever. So they're they're like people, they're, and you have to go to college to be an imaginary. They're the prop. You can't go the for prop something else. And 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 like theater tech guys who couldn't yeah. get jobs in props and theater tech, so they worked at Disney. Well, no, you you have to go. Like there are schools in Florida where you go and you get a degree in Imagineering. A Disney is it a Disney college? I think one was a. I think actually Savannah School of Art and Design. I mean, now maybe I'm just starting rumors about. <laughs> but uh, okay, that's what the segment is this, called. <laughs> the segment is about rumors. They sound. They sound like it sounds like a grift. Was this at Trump University yeah, by any yeah. chance? <laughs> prestigious degree. I uh, they get, I watched the Netflix special today on the college admission scandal. Really interesting because when we lived in West Nashville, we lived next to this guy. So like I was probably 26 or 27 when we moved over there and we, we lived next to this girl who was like 22 and she was dating one of the guys on the Titans practice squad. And one of the other players on the Titans practice squad was dating this girl from Southern California who turns out was a water polo player at USC whose father was the coach of the USC water polo teams and was one of the central figures of the college admission scandal. So like Margaret and I like did a little research just to remember like what her name was and what her dad's name was. And lo and behold, he shows up in this Netflix special. They're talking about him and how he like stole spots at USC for, for kids. And like, he's facing something like 20 years in prison and shit like that. So really interesting. I would give it a, an eight out of 10 and a 10 out of 10. If you enjoy um, sort of the schadenfreude of seeing rich people get what they deserve when they overstep. No rumor there. I do enjoy that. That's not a, I was like, where, where's the rumor though? Oh, it was a six degrees of separation kind of thing. It was. You, you pursued a rumor and you, you saw It's news. Ish. Yeah, it's a trade. Um, rumor has it someone will eventually send Joe Curse City. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not counting on it. No. Um, also, bummer that they haven't released the War Scrolls for the the Vampire Underworlds band yet. Oh, so I'm going to start a rumor right now with that. I think it's because they're going to have a mechanic on them that isn't going to make sense until the book comes out. But I don't think that's ever stopped GW before because they put out the whole Lumineth army in two parts and nothing made sense in that army. What do you think it's going to be like uh, after they fight? Something really dumb, like after they fight in the combat phase, roll a dice. And if you roll, I don't know, under the number of models they killed, they get to fight. Fuck, I don't know what's something stupid, like a second time. No, like I think it's going to be something like refer to this table. Like, or like you, you, you score a unnamed thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like if this add me, one to the blood counter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. well, no, because like, uh, what was it? Blood kiss. You would like, you receive a blood kiss or something, you know? Receive you know, like, like, if this know. unit is on the table to, in the hero phase, uh, receive one additional, uh, dynasty point something like that yeah it's not a bad which will be really fun for like a couple of months where you're just like but i have four dynasty points <laughs> <laughs> those are the kind of head games i like to play with people 
I'll tell, like, every time a unit of mine dies, regardless of what army I'm playing, I still remind my opponent that that's a blood type point. So I, I, I love that joke, and you guys made it, and then I was playing uh, a corn-marked slaves thing, and I kept saying it, and the guy was like, don't you have eight blood type points? I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is super confusing. I actually made this incredibly confusing because I was making a joke that other people have made. And, yeah. It's an inside joke. You wouldn't get it, but you should listen to this podcast, but please don't. <laughs> Ranked 11 out of the top 2017 podcast. <laughs> Notably ahead of the Stormcast, the official hey, no, no. Games Workshop podcast. Notably, the Honest Wargamer wasn't even listed. Oh, so we're top 12. No, they're not even on the list. Maybe it's because they're part of your conglomerate, so they yeah. just glommed all you. What if someone no, actually believed the, that we had a podcast media <laughs> network? I don't know, but that'd be really funny. But, but uh, the Notorious guys are on there too, and they're part of the conglomerate. So two of the conglomerate. So Dwellers didn't make it. Surprise, surprise. Okay, but Dwellers doesn't really exist anymore. Yeah, and uh, Honest Wargamer didn't make it. Yeah, and also Owen 5 didn't make it, but like, let me just put on my shocked face for a minute for my, my good friend Jared Nullman. Yeah. This is where, so. in that show, they would play the Curb Your Enthusiasm theme. <laughs> um, but um, I think I'm going to say we should wrap this up guys it's a uh, midnight on a saturday it is midnight. and i have a two-year-old who's going to be up in four hours sweet so next up we're going to do joe's CanCon recap right after this break so tuesday morning i'm okay with you being far from your mic for that joke <laughs> my dad drove me to the airport which, tuesday morning which one laguardia why not jfk Actually, it was JFK. Boom, roasted. Got your ass. <laughs> um, so I would say, Noah, thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, anything you want to plug yeah, yeah, or uh, right. anyone you want to shout out before we? No, I up? just would like to give. I would like to give your listeners a little bit into your process of getting guests, which is when they're in a bathtub, you ask them if they can get out of the bathtub and go talk to you upstairs. <laughs> you could have brought your. You could have brought your computer down to the fucking bathtub. No, I. Yeah, I, you're right. You're right. I was hoping you were going to do that unfair. and just turn on your video and have a full plate of fettuccine Alfredo. No fork. Just <laughs> fucking <laughs> piting, contesting that shit in your bubble bath with chamomile and eucalyptus. I was really hoping that um, Noah would have been doing Hunter S. Thompson's drug regimen today, so this podcast would have been absolutely insane. But. <laughs> Just an, there's just an unintelligible sound that happens periodically for two hours. Yeah. Well, sweet. Um, um, if you want to find us, you can find us a number of ways. You can email the show at rageofsigmarpodcast at gmail.com. You can find Joe at a hymen of serpents on Twitter. That's A-H-Y-M-N of serpents. And you can find me at Big Jabbles on Twitter. Um, if you leave us a five-star review, we will tell you that we're going to read your review on the air, but we haven't done it yet. So maybe leave some more reviews. And, um, I guess in closing, uh, Rob, we beat you to interviewing Noah, the most interesting man in Warhammer. So suck it.
This is Rage of Sigmar. Something new. Stop. Drop. Shut them down. Open up shop. Oh, no. That's how rough fighters roll. Stop. Drop. Shut them down. Open up shop. Oh, no. That's how rough fighters roll. Niggas wanna try. What? Niggas wanna lie. What? Then niggas wonder why. What? Niggas wanna die. On my brain, I resort to violence. My niggas moving silence, like you don't know what I style is. New York niggas the wildest. My niggas is with it. You want it? Come and get it. Took it, then we split it. You fucking right, we did it. What the fuck you gonna do when we run up on you? Fucking with the wrong crew. Don't know what we going through. I'ma have to show niggas how easily we blow niggas. Let me find out it's some more niggas that's running with your niggas. Nothing we can't handle. Break it up and dismantle. Light it up like a candle. Just cause I can't stand you. Put my shit on tapes like you busting grapes. You holding weight, then you haven't met the apes. Stop, drop, shut them down, open up shop. Oh, no, that's how rough riders roll. Stop, drop, shut them down, open up shop. Oh, no, that's how rough riders roll. It's y'all niggas crazy, I bust you and be swayzy. Stop backing like a baby. Mind your business, lady. Yeah, I know it's pitiful. That's how niggas get down. Watch my niggas spit round. Make y'all niggas kiss ground. Just for talking shit, clown. Oh, you think it's funny? Then you don't know me, money. It's about to get ugly. Fuck a dog, I'm hungry. I guess you know what that means. Come up off that green. Five niggas on ravine. Don't make it a murder scene. Give a dog a bone. Leave a dog alone. Let a dog roam and he'll find his way home. Home of the brave. My home is a cave. And yo, I'm a slave to my home is the grave. I'm a poor paper. It's all about the paper. Just caught the papers and now they want to rape us Stop, drop, shut them down, open up shop Oh, no, that's how rough riders roll Stop, drop, shut them down, open up shop Oh, no, that's how rough riders roll Look what you done started It's gonna be some slick shit What would that look for when I walked in the door? Oh, you thought you was raw? Boom, not anymore Cause now you on the floor Wishing you never saw me walk through that door With that 4-4 Now it's time for bed Two more to the head Got the floor red Yeah, that nigga's dead Another unsolved mystery It's going down in history Niggas ain't never did shit to me Bitch ass niggas can't get to me Got to make a move Got a point to prove Gotta make them groove Got them all like ooh Show to the next time Talk is cheap, motherfucker!